Hi, everybody. Hi, everybody. Hi, everybody, and welcome back to the Talking About the Big Stuff podcast with Michael Cole and Matthew Cravat. I am Michael Cole. And I am Matthew Cravat. I uh, I just wanted to acknowledge, because my eyes are crazy itchy right now, that it is uh, allergies, and that I also think this is the third or fourth episode in a row that somebody that we've recorded that somebody's been like, uh, it's not drugs. <laughs> <laughs> but this is the first time it's actually not been drugs. Oh. <laughs> well, I have my drug of choice. One of my drug of choice. Nice. What is that? And it is a wine or a beer? Neither. Cider. It, neither, nope. It is a golden apple of discord mead. So it's an apple flavored honey mead. Nice. It's very nice. It's from a meadery in Vermont. Nice. Fun fact about about uh, the word honeymoon comes from you would get mead uh, given to you by the village for a month after your wedding, and it's made out of honey, and that's why it's called a honeymoon. Um, if you stay on the um, the the hold with Zales, or was it K Jewelers? I forget which one. Long enough, you learn a lot of fun uh, romance facts trying to pay your credit card down um, in a pre-internet world or a pre-internet payment world. Yeah. So uh, tonight's topic is pornography. Takes? No. I actually think porno- pornography porn- and um, uh, um, Nick. We're gonna combine like three previous necrophilia. things: necrophilia, nepotism, ne- and it. pornography all together. I say all three of them. We're gonna do all the things we've talked about recently. Yeah, actually, I do think porn porn should participate in what what our topic for this evening actually is, which is unions. I don't know why I did a rainbow. Um, no, I I just I, I've been seeing all the stuff with the um. The WGA strike, and now we've got the SAG. Is it SAG AFTRA? Something. I forget I what the second is. part of it is. SAG, the SAG strike coming, and I just kind of thought that it was good timing to talk about unions. Um, it's something that can I, can I predict the next one? Sure. I think that the all the different visual effects houses are going to oh. like, unionize the strike because everything I read about it is they're horribly mistreated by like the Disney's and the yeah. other big you know, places. And they're going to be like, if everyone else is getting treated like humans now, we want to be treated like humans. Yeah. I also think that that is probably the one that the average person who doesn't understand the concept will get behind because there's been some really shitty special effects lately because they're brushing those people. And whereas like, I don't think the average person understands why the SAG union isn't a psychotically selfish thing. Uh, you know, they look at the people who make a hundred thousand dollars an episode yeah. of a TV show and go, they're rich and don't look at everybody else in the background who got a thousand bucks, but they work once every two months. Yeah. Yeah. So, um, I, I am, I've never been to be completely, uh, upfront on this. Um, I've never been part of a union. I've just never had, uh, I've never been in an in, in industry where I've, been unionized um and so most of my opinion on this comes from not from personal experience but i as is 
always the case, I have an opinion because um, I'm a white guy with a podcast. And, uh, and redundant. That could say ATM machine. Yeah, exactly. White guy with a podcast. White guy with a podcast. Yep. Um, but I think that it's uh, it's something that I wanted to talk about. I just kind of, uh, I know you said you've had some experience, good and bad. Um, and I just, uh, you know, we don't have to talk specifically about those unions, although I think you've already addressed I mean, a big I, part of. Yeah, I've not been in a union. Just my interactions have been both. Oh, good okay. Yeah. Um, I, I have had some experiences, uh, with employers. I will say my current employer is exempt. When I worked for you, you were also like where I, I get paid, uh, what I would consider a actual living adult wage at my current job. And I, and when I worked for you, I got paid a living adult wage, but I've worked for some job, worked some jobs where you get treated like absolute shit. You work crazy hours, um, and you're making you're making what a child. Actually, it's not even a fair thing to say because, like, I was gonna say what a child should make, but nobody should be making uh, the amount of money that some of these jobs pay. So, um, I kind of, I mean, we can talk about fair wage and um, uh, living wage as well. I think that they kind of go hand in hand, and if we had a living wage maybe we wouldn't need unions but so and the in, the in, the, the sociopath <clears throat> system that capitalism is what's been amazing me recently is the news reports that there are like I think texas did it maybe somewhere else like got rid of a law i think texas and florida got rid of laws saying companies had to give outdoor workers water breaks like and it's you know, 100 degree weather and most people are upset that they got rid of that law and I'm upset that they have to have that law. The yeah. companies work their people to death and don't give them a water break. I mean, I were in an office and if I couldn't get up and get a glass of water when I wanted to, I would quit. Yeah. I, sorry. The, um, the, the, what you said about sociopathic system that capitalism is, is, is a great point. When I, I was, took a class in college where, the professor ta- told us that there is this legal obligation by publicly traded companies to make basically make as much money as they can legally make. Um, and so if you're not if it's if the barrier is not breaking the law, they, they have to do it. And he told about how I want to say it was Costco. I could be wrong on this. Costco had these jeans. That everyone else was charging forty five dollars a pair, and Costco was able to figure out how to pay their workers, and they were only charging like thirty dollars a pair, and they were still making a profit off of it. And shareholders sued the CEO or the whatever the whoever the decision maker was there, and forced them to to charge market price on it because they weren't making as much money as they could. And they, and Costco's point was we can sell more if we lower right. the price. And we the can... reason people come here is because it's cheap. Right. If you have to pay full price to go to the place with full service where somebody will help you try on the pants and yeah. bundle your genitalia while you do it. Yeah. Um, and so I, I shop. to me, the, I, I think that that's not some, I guess unions can keep some of that in check. Um, and obviously, like you said, like the, these laws that we have to put in place, but, they're without that law in place that you were talking about with the wa- the water breaks the cor- those corporations could potentially be like 
mandated not to give those breaks, which is a crazy thing to to me that the idea that no, like I'd love to do it, but I, my my shareholders will sue me if I treat you like a human, and I think that's a huge part of our problem structurally in in the way we have our laws around capitalism. Even though it's like, you know, the there's a parable about whipping the horse and making the horse do so much work until it dies, like you're taking the most work out of it, but then it's dead and you have no work. Right. It's like if you make it impossible for your workers to work, you don't make money that way. Yeah. Like eventually they burn out, literally in this case. Yeah. yeah. So my so my parents are both in unions. They worked in, in New York in New York and um, my mother worked for the state, so she was a state. So, you know, my dad's been in and out of the hospital in the last week, as you know. And everything's covered because his union's insurance is so good on top of Medicare. You know, so the, the, the good points of unions is you know, in that in that realm is as people who work their entire lives, they're set for the rest of their lives with um, continuing benefits to stay alive and live with dignity and you know own their house and not you know not be on public assistance or anything because their union covers a lot of the big ticket things like medical. Right. That's a huge positive. Yeah, absolutely. Um, I think that's, that's an important factor. I, I get the frustration that a lot of people have where we, you know, we've seen, we see, okay, not, not to go after SAG, but I, I know that union unions, a lot of times do a good thing for their workers at the, at the lowest end, but they don't do a great job of advertising that they do that. Um, they don't have great PR necessarily, and so we do see people uh, where you're, where it's hard to you know unions can overcorrect because unions are just like anything else. If they're unchecked, they can have some issues, but but they are meant to be a check on the system, and the system is it, it, it as I was saying before, it's almost that's that legal obligation makes it almost that the system mandates. It to screw you if possible, if, if 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 it's possible. Yeah. So, negative experiences with unions I've had. Um, both were I had two main ones. They were both with work, different companies. But at one company, we were in Chicago, and we were doing a training where I was in pharma. We were training doctors on our products so they could talk about our products to other doctors, you know, as peers and and in a scientific way. Like we'll we'll teach everything there's about our product, and then you can go have conversations, and we won't even be in the room, so you can say whatever's true. We have a slide presentation, doobie, doobie, doobie. We had told the person running the board, who was a union person at, at the hotel, we get to slide 12, there's a video. You have to switch over to the video. At slide 11, I turned to him and said, slide 12, the video's coming up. He nods at me. Slide, finished person goes, and now let's watch a video. Doesn't play, doesn't play. I turn and look, the guy is gone. And the guy next to him goes, oh, he went out for a cigarette break. Yeah. I'm like, can you play the video? He goes, oh, no, only he can play the video. I'm like, can I push the button? No, you can't push the button. We'll just walk off the job if you do that. Yeah. So suddenly we had a 10-minute break in the middle of our session because he said it's time for his cigarette break that the union lets him have in the middle of our presentation. And our result was we're never doing one of these in Chicago again. Like now we're purposely picking non-union states because yeah. it's a worse product when in this particular case. Yeah, I, I, I've done, I do trade shows at my day job. And a lot of times, depending on where those trade shows are, we're dealing with unions, we're dealing with the same thing. 
and you know we're having people set up booths for us mm-hmm. and it'll be like hey guys like we need to get this done right now and they're like no nah, it's lunchtime and so it can get frustrating yeah it's so frustrating when had... people have rights <laughs> but but i mean but when they they build your rights against what you're doing like yeah. you could have taken your break before we got to this point or after not exactly when i need you yeah exactly and so that's true at a similar my other example was at a trade show where my company has highly technical things and we have to set up our equipment like the, a, a random stranger doesn't know how to set up our equipment but the union rules are we have to pay a union person to sit there and be in in the booth mm-hmm. while we're doing our work because it's a union site so the union gets paid yeah so it's like we don't need anybody but someone's sitting there just because right it it is i, I would say it's it's uh, it's similar like as as atheists i think we could probably agree that it's similar to most organized structures like i i look at it kind of similar to the way i look at the church like yeah no uh i look at it similar because like if you look at like if you had a church that was just a standalone let's say you know you the church of matthew and it only has the one the one building and the one congregation and it's fairly democratic how things are run within that um, uh, church. No, it, the it Church would, of Matthew is not democratic. It would be fine. Matthew says goes. It would be fine. But then when you get, oh, I have 19 branches, branch churches, it becomes a problem. And I think ultimately that's the problem with humanity is if you get a large enough group, we're going to abuse the power typically. And so I think that unions are no different in this aspect from like, you know, when a union gets too much authority and power, it can, it's, it, the pendulum swings the opposite direction. But I also think it's the people running the union in some cases too. Like once you have a place where there's a chance for power and corruption, people who want power and corruption will fight their way to the top and corrupt what was a good thing. Not in Chicago though. Chicago. No, there's no history of corruption there. Yeah, <laughs> and I and I, I my union experience with with trade shows typically is in, has been in Las Vegas. So uh, neither of those places are probably mm. prone to what we're talking not about. Not known for organized crime or corruption at all. Either no. of those places. Yeah. Um. So that, um, a friend of mine who was in the power industry um, was in a, a state where <clears throat> the well the power the power line workers were all unionized. And he said they were trained for like the rule was they like they couldn't sit around to do nothing, but they were paid by the hour. So as long as they were moving, they were not in violation. And they were trained for how slow they can move to be as slow as they could possibly be wow. to make things take as long as possible to get the most pay. But at the same time, when there was a problem like a power outage or you know a big disaster kind of thing, they swarmed in like 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 killer bees and we're all over it and fix things as soon as possible to get people's power back up yeah so like they were like they were amazing when it was needed but the rest of the time they're just milking it for all they can milk it for yeah but now you were you moved down here in what 88 89 something like that 87 87. august of 87 okay so maybe because you you know you you said that your your parents were in unions and you're from new york so maybe this is like different, but I, you know, having watched, um, what's the Sally Field movie? Uh, 
Norma Ray. Norma Ray. Maybe I'm way off on my, maybe I'm a decade or two off on my uh, time frame here, but the South was a huge problem with unions for a long time, wasn't it? Still is. I mean, yeah. when, unions are practically illegal in North Carolina. I don't know if they're totally illegal, but they're not, they're not easy to have in North Carolina. Yeah, they're not legally aided at all. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. But like, I, I remember watching that movie and, and, you know, I come from a family that was not particularly pro-union. And and at the time that I watched it, I was probably still relatively conservative. And I remember watching that movie and, you know, them getting yelled at for being communists and being like, I get that yeah. this, this is actually a little closer to communism for once. Like, yeah, kind of get it. Is like, communism. Yeah. That's the idea. Like for once, that word isn't just getting thrown out against something I don't like. But I also remember being like, it's also a little like ridiculous that you can't see the the inherent benefit of of the. It's like the water thing. If you treated people well, unions wouldn't exist. Yeah. Like people wouldn't need to band together to fight the boss if the boss didn't treat them like crap. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, I think the the overall pros and cons of union goes way on the pro side. Like our society would be much worse. Right. Uh, unfettered capitalism without collective bargaining would be much worse than, uh, than 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 things are now. For sure, and for non-union people, we are probably benefiting in a lot of ways that we're not able to to name, and some ways that we weekends. can weekends 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 uh, forty hour weeks of, before you get overtime. The idea of worker of work provided health insurance i'm sure is somewhere goes somewhere back to unions um uh, yeah but i think now it's the corporations fight to keep it yeah because like, they're because if we have socialized medicine that's one less thing they can hold over your head that you can't quit your job because you need your benefits yeah you can't well, go off started, and start your own company because you need your benefits we we started off having them because of that now we right. can't have anything better because of the because of right. the opposite side but they realize the benefit to them. Oh, we own you if we own your life yeah. insurance. Okay. I wonder how much that happens where they we force the corporations to do something good and then they realize that it does benefit them and then we get stuck in that good thing once we move on to the next thing. <laughs> yeah. Feels like it's a kind of great metaphor for America. Um, this episode will not be coming out on July 4th. <laughs> That would have been funny to do a communism episode <laughs> for Fourth of July. So, so since you mentioned communism, here's my favorite thing about the right yelling communism all the time. The right people who yell communism are also into money, right? A lot. Yeah. So, so a lot of them are in corporate jobs because there's a lot of money in corporate jobs. And when they're in corporate jobs, what do they always say? Hey, we need to all work as a team to get this done. I know you have to pick up your kid from daycare, but if you could just stay late, I'm like. They run every department like a communist commune. Yeah. Everybody pitch in and do your best. We all need everybody's effort. It takes a village. They're all into that. And then if you say, hey, we should have that for, for like a, a whole worldwide system, they yeah. freak out that it's evil. But they or, want it when it serves them in the, in the short term. Or we need you all to stay a little late. Okay, are you going to pay us? No, we don't want to do We don't want to pay you extra. Right. Well, it's the reason that you know they, they invented salaried exempt employees. Never have to pay you extra. That's true. Um, I was watching Fox News for three weeks while in Massachusetts. No, uh, it, honestly, okay. First of all, before I get into the Fox News deep dive, I want to say that uh, didn't love it, but there were some aspects that I thought were 
educational and that I was not aware of. And when I say educational, I mean, I found some of, I didn't learn anything about any stories, but I learned about the way that Fox news works. Um, Mm -hmm. And, and there were some, there were some people that were pretty likable that I have only seen clips of lefty lefties have cut clips of that make it sound really bad. Um, Like Greg, Greg Gutfeld, actually pretty funny, pretty self-effacing. A lot of the shit that we get that we get cut into our videos that that we see of him are really he seems self righteous and kind of a dork and he's not really that, but that's not the point I'm trying to make. Um, one of the story we were we were watching I want to say no it wasn't the Moms Against Freedom or whatever that stupid KKK group. Uh, moms Against Freedom. I think that'd be great if they called themselves that. You know, it's Moms for America or something. Moms for Liberty, I think. Moms for Liberty. Yes, there you go. Clanned Karenhood. Um, uh, But they, uh, no, it wasn't them. It was was some other story where they were talking about um, school choice. And and people keep talking about school choice. And one of the things that came up is, um, I don't even have a kid in school. Why do I have to pay, pay for school? And I was like, yeah, my house has never burned down. Why do mm-hmm. I have to pay for the fire department? And my dad, my dad actually thought that was pretty funny. And, and was like, hey, yeah, makes a good point. You make a good point. I, I guess the, per- I, I, and I guarantee the person who says that, why do I have to pay for it? Also goes to, you know, a cashier or waiter. And it's like, oh, why are they so stupid? Why can't they hire better people? It's like, I don't want to pay for their education, but they should be better educated to serve me at the same time. Yeah. I, I think, and this, I'm going to get off on a slightly, I think it's related, but a tangent. I don't want to let you get off. Yeah, yeah, we are. A big thing that I have, have you know, I worked, you know that I worked retail for a long time. And, and, and I would say that having worked retail for a long time, I like to think of myself as a particularly compassionate person to workers and, and worker wages and things. <laughs> and as well as um, really pessimistic about, uh, the state of capitalism uh, from a from a worker standpoint. One of the things that I, really frustrates me that we all and, and I'm guilty of it to some extent, and and I would imagine that you're probably guilty of it to some extent, which is we, we we've gotten so obsessed with bargain, you know, like oh this TV that realistically should cost four hundred dollars is only two hundred and fifty dollars. And typically, when you get those bargains, you're, 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 the person that's getting fucked is either the worker making it or the worker who's actually at the store selling it. Or, you know, there's somebody, it's not that they didn't find a cheaper part. You know, they, they didn't the find CEO cheaper, didn't take a pay cut to get right. that sale. And so we need to, like, we need to get into our heads that if we want to get paid well, we need to get used to paying relatively well. And meaning like we need to, the it's it, as much as I hate it, economy is an ecosystem. If I want to make a reasonable wage, I have to be willing to pay a minute, a reasonable wage. And, and I don't pay, I don't have employees, but you know what I'm saying? I have but to be I, saying, I, okay, I feel like we are going to, we're venturing into our, the next topic we have for our next show almost. Because I was say, like, part of that is like, don't go to Walmart, go to Target because they charge yes. a little more, but they pay their employees more. Don't go to Sam's Club, go to Costco. 
because they pay their employees more and give them more promotion opportunities. Mm-hmm. Like go to the company, go to the, the retail places that treat their people well. So you're actually paying into the whole economy, not just the CEO's pocket. Exactly. Yes. And I, you're right, but that is kind of the next topic. Okay, good. I bet last time it wasn't, I just didn't notice. Um, Damn. So I was going to say, I usually go out of my way to say positive things about, like talk to managers about employees who did a good job. And yes. this weekend, so I'm in the hospital this weekend and like the second day my dad's there, I walk out, I'm about to leave, I go to the nurse on duty and I said, one of the nurses on duty, I said, is there a, uh, I know it's a weekend, but is there a manager or a floor nurse or someone uh, I could talk to? And she gets like the rigid shoulders, her head goes back and she's like, well, I'm, I'm sure I can find someone who can talk to I said, no, it actually, it's not only to talk to my, can I just leave a note? And she goes, oh, you know, okay, fine. What, what's the issue? I said, there is no issue. I should rephrase this. Can I leave a compliment for how well somebody worked for me? Uh, and she goes, oh, what's, what happened? I said, um, Galley was the nurse overnight for my dad last night. And my dad said to me, my 85-year-old dad, who's been seen some medical stuff, works in the medical industry, known lots of medical people, said Galley gave him the best experience he's ever had in the hospital. You know, it, and he just he was super attentive and super reducing his stress and it was everything he needed to be. It was the best experience he's had with a nursing staff. I just wanted to pass that along. Like Galley did an amazing job for my dad coming from the emergency room to being admitted unexpectedly. Uh, it was it was really good. And she was like Thanks. lit up. She went from her from like really defensive when I asked if it was a manager and I realized that was the wrong way to go about that. But to, to totally thrill that someone was getting a compliment at work. Yeah, and part of that is is another problem that we end up having as a as a society, which is that we we tend to voice our disapproval more often than we do our approval. And I I go out of my way. Um, I probably don't do it enough with with retail and stuff, but like. You know, I I do try to tell tell people when they've done a good job or they've affected my life in some positive way. Um, I do need to get make a better point of doing it in a, on, to the people who actually don't make enough money and stuff. Yeah. Like I do it a lot with like, oh, if you wrote, if I listen to a song or or watch a comedy special or something, I think I've told you this before, but um, Chris Hardwick had a comedy special that that my sister and my mother were watching the night that I came home from the hospital after Sarah went back into the hospital and, and they, my mom and sister were watching Logan and I was going from the hospital back and forth. And it was the worst day of my life because Sarah was essentially in a coma and, and she had had all these surgeries and she very nearly died. And I got home and my mom and my, and my sister were like, Hey, hold the baby, you know, feed the baby. Have, we got you a sub, have a sub. And we, we can shut this off if you want, or we can watch it. And it was Chris Hardwick uh, had some special, completely ridiculous, talking about fucking a um, blow-up doll before the before she deflated. Well, a blow-up doll with a leak before she deflated or something. And that's the whole thing that he talked about. And it was the first time I had laughed in like 48 hours. Was that the Mandroid and- special? something and i wrote him i wrote him an email yeah. after like i don't know like a month or two later when i was in the right the right state of mind and i was like hey i just want to let you know like this was the light on a real like the shittiest day of my life 
And I do, I try, and since then I've tried to do it more and more often in littler ways because I haven't had something that big. But I do, you know, if you're, if you're, if something touches me, I try to tell them I need to start doing it for, for retail or wait staff or anything like that. Yeah, I'm in an ongoing email conversation with um, the stand up comic Jesse Case, who uh, had the podcast Jesse versus Cancer when he thought he was dying of colon cancer because he had a 20% chance of survival that he managed to beat the odds and survive. Like it was supposed to be chronicling his treatment and death and then he survived. But, you know, since my dad's cancer and stuff, we've, I've been emailing him. We've been, and I'm sure I'm one of a thousand people that he emails because he's very like, email me if you have these issues. I want to talk to you. So he's very helpful yeah. as a sounding board. Um, but yeah, it's really good to be able to say to him, you made a difference. Listening to your podcast makes it easier to yeah. deal with and more knowledgeable what I have to do. And I'm like, if you see me, if you go look at my Yelp reviews, if you see a bad review for me for Yelp, like anything under three stars for me, you know, they sucked amazingly bad for, because if it's like a, if it's like a three star review, I don't write it. Like if it's yeah. not a four or five star review, I don't want to write it down. It's not my job to slam someone. You had to have either, I gave you multiple chances or you just were a nightmare experience. If I give you a negative review, yeah. Maybe even the last negative review I gave. Like I said, I'm giving it a three because it deserves a one, but the way they packed the to-go order was really, really good. So let me focus on that first. They did a great job of packing everything separately. Nothing leaked, and that was great. That being said, the food sucked, and it was an hour later than it was supposed to be. Nice. Yeah, I, I genuinely can't think of the last thing I did a bad review for. Um, and I'm I when it comes to like eating out and stuff, if it, if uh, Tip. When it comes to tipping, I am really like Sarah gets mad at me because I'll tip basically twenty percent no matter what. Twenty percent is minimum for me. Yeah, yeah. Like twenty percent is like a. It's easier in my head to do twenty percent than to do eighteen. Decimal like, point I'm not, double. I'm done. <laughs> yeah, and and then round not, up to be an easy number to add. Yeah, and I'm not like buying so much stuff that like that 2% difference is making some drastic difference either for like my wallet. So like the, the amount of headache it saves me is so much easier, but, but um, everyone. So, and so now I think like if somebody's amazing, it's like 25%. Like, but yeah. yeah. When I used to do live comedy, there was a woman in my troupe who is a waitress like it's what she does still like waitress is her main job and an actress you know but that's redundant um but we once remember when she first started joining the group and was first going out with us like you know we all had separate bills like with the bar the, the bar slash restaurant after the show and she went around and grabbed everybody's receipt and turned it over and looked and, to see what everyone tipped <laughs> and she's like i can stay friends with you i can stay friends with you mm, you're on the borderline Nice tip. You know, she rated everybody's tip as a waitress. Yeah. Was, uh, I dated a lot of waitresses. Uh, and so I got, I got, huh? Nothing. What was the quotations I, around? Dated or waitress? Waitresses. Uh, Good dated also. The uh, the uh, opening uh, scene from Arthur with Dudley Moore. Tell me about yourself. You mean why I'm a hooker? You're a hooker? I forgot. I thought I was just doing well. <laughs> I I liked that movie a lot. I do not remember that uh, scene. Every every line of that movie is quotable. It doesn't hold up well in today's thing because it's making fun of a drunk guy. But except yeah. except that, it's every line is brilliant comedy quotable. 
Yeah, I watched it like 15 years ago. It was, it was a good movie. Um. Anyway, so anyway. Anyway, so because like Waitstaff can't um, very easily unionize. I mean, Starbucks is trying and they're getting smacked down. And it's hysterical because you got companies like Starbucks that were known as good companies. Like they gave educational programs. Yeah. They paid better than most other retail things that. And then as soon as there's a hint of unionizing, they shut that down. They're like just attacking their employees. Like, oh, you see how evil they are once it's they want people want more than they're willing to give. Yeah. Yeah. It's it it's nuts and 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 then it becomes oh uh, dealing with dealing with that situation. Star we'll use Starbucks as the example. As somebody that you know, a company that hasn't unionized yet, it becomes this difficult thing of if I don't if they're having struggles like that and I don't shop there, am I hurting the worker or am I hurting the guy at the top? And and it's tough because you want to support the workers and you want them to be making a good amount of money. But at the same time, like, is my money being, you know, like if I, if I shot, how do I help them? What out? message am I sending? Am I sending the message that, yeah. hey, I'm fine with you cheating your employees. Here's more money from you, from me. But if I don't shop there, you're going to close the store and the employees won't have any job. I mean, think it's, I'm not a big chain person fan anyway. Like there's a little coffee shop on the corner, you know, near our house that it's, you know, was a little old man, like a retired guy opened a coffee shop. He has since sold it. Someone else owns it. All high school teenagers work there and they're allowed to make up their own drinks as the specials. And I'm like, I like shopping there because it's going to a local guy who hires local people. And it's, I'm not giving money to someone in Seattle sitting on the board of directors. Yeah. And I think their coffee tastes burnt anyway. That's not that. I don't drink coffee, so for me, it's like I, I drink pink drinks, but uh, we've been cutting back just because it's so expensive. But yeah, I mean, I have a French press. I I make coffee. It's easy enough. So, do you think that the SAG and WGA stuff is gonna hold out for a long time? Do like how do oh. I, I haven't what witnessed to you? Uh, I haven't paid attention during a strike about anything that I've cared about in a long time. So. Yeah, so I haven't been following negotiation or anything, but it the the creatives are going to get. I don't know if they'll get everything they want, but they're going to get a lot because yeah. there's the all production has stopped. There's no actors, there's no writers. Everything has stopped, and it's not going to start up again until they pay them. Yeah, and, unless they find out that like Love Island and all that shit. I mean, but, but the movies doesn't though. Like that's TV. But if you mm. want to have want to have another Marvel movie, you know, Deadpool yeah. has stopped filming. You want Deadpool three, you got to pay them. Yeah, that's a good point. Did you see the thing where they were talking about um, taking extras and digitizing yeah. CGI extras? everybody? Yeah, I, I can't even believe. I mean, I I get it. When you go into a negotiation, your first offer is not what you're necessarily thinking you're going to get but that is a crazy that's a crazy thing to to, but, to well, say well i don't that's not even negotiate but they could just say is you know we don't need extras anymore because we're going to just say to any random person who will let us scan their face we're going to build the body so we don't care about you we just any random yeah. person but yeah it's funny because they've been doing it anyway i mean like lord of the rings didn't have ten thousand orcs they use cgi to recreate everybody yeah. it's just one step further in that technology 
that they've already been doing. Maybe it's a different technology, but once afforded that same concept that we don't need real people to do all the background roles. Yeah. Yeah. I think um, it's crazy that studios are fighting for that. And Christopher Nolan won't use CGI when making a movie about the atomic bomb. Uh, I know. He really blew up multiple atomic bombs to get it right. It's crazy. It, it did he, like what did he do to get them for uh, like because I know that like he's a been very much against CGI and and I saw a headline today where they're at least claiming that he has zero CGI shots in that movie and I'm like that seems unethical <laughs> to have zero <laughs> CGI shots like okay they're doing the unethical thing saying hey let's just not have humans anymore and you're doing the unethical thing saying i'm going to kill no, humans i'm going to actually blow up an atomic bomb because i want the mushroom cloud to look just right unless they're just i mean i think creatively you could cut into um news coverage you know historical footage of yeah. the actual bomb when when you get that point which might be more impressive yeah. than doing a fake cgi one yeah that would be cool, and 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 maybe that's what they're doing, and they're using this as like a a hype point to like yeah. to get people to be like, what the fuck, <laughs> like so that they want to go see it. But I mean, you have to go see it. It's going to be double feature with Barbie. I know. I want. I hope that they make somebody like edits a mashup after they've been released on video, so that we can see Barbenheimer. Yeah. I also I love that the actors from both movies have been like supporting each other. Like that is it. <laughs> it's humanity at a, you know working well when you're like oh these two movies like the the audience is for a long you know six months out six months ago or earlier when they were talking about the release date being the same people were like is Barbie stupid going up against a Christopher Nolan movie and the, everybody else was like is Christopher Nolan stupid going up against a Greta Gerwig movie but there's also a yeah at first there was a but are those audiences even an overlapping audience someone who yeah. wants to see the story of Oppenheimer. And someone who wants to see the story of Barbie. And as it turns out, yes, it is the same audience. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Well, it's, we want to see good stories. Like, I don't, I like, if you make, Harry Met Sally, when Harry Met Sally, it's a romantic comedy. I love it. But I also love, like, Fight Club. And those movies well, don't That's a romantic together. comedy. <laughs> I've, I read an interesting article recently that, um, spoilers for Fight Club, if you haven't seen it, but... They had this article that suggested that she was imaginary too. I've heard that too. Yeah. It was yeah. interesting. It had a lot of points that made it make sense. Not as good as the, they're all the characters from Calvin and Hobbes and she's Susie. That's a better story. Better. Yeah. But, um, I want to make, I like that. I do like that theory too. I want to make a movie where at the end of the movie, you realize that nobody was real, even you. Dun, dun, dun. And it convinces you. Actually, Truman Show kind of fucked me up that way a little bit. Mm-hmm. Have I told you that? No. No. Uh, I so I watched Truman Show came out. I was like twelve I, I, or thirteen. I remember you that you loved Truman Show. That was like right. You were loving Jim Carrey, and then that was right the point that he became a real actor, not just a comedian. Yeah. Well, Man on the Moon is my favorite movie of all time, but Truman Show was like the. It was the hors d'oeuvre before the meal. And and Truman Show is an excellent movie, but I saw it when I was like thirteen or so. And there's lots of little like things that they show to like show you how, you know, the same car loops the block just mm-hmm. on repeat, loops the block. And so if I see 
little things like that that look like a glitch in the matrix kind of thing. I, I always like, I'm like, what the fuck? Or if somebody, if I said, like, if I said to you, if we weren't recording right now, we weren't, and I said to you, hey, I really hate this person at work. Uh, I'm going to use my boss's name because she'll think it's funny. Uh, I hate Lane. And I just said it to you, and it wasn't on the podcast. And then the next day. Recast. <laughs> the next day. No, or the next day Lane is just like, has an attitude. Like, fuck, what, like, what is your problem? Like, said something to me. And it's like, she clearly knows that I think. that, And that happens occasionally where it someone's attitude change syncs up with your having said something to a person who's never met that. You know, like, there's no connection. Um. Anyway, I do want to just say really quickly, Lane, obviously, I just use you because you know that I'm joking. Um, she doesn't listen to the podcast. <laughs> she is, uh, she, she's a good boss. So we'll see how she treats you uh, two, mo- two Mondays from now. Yeah. Yeah, that's true. She doesn't, she, do- she doesn't, lo- it'd be Friday because she doesn't listen on, um, she, she definitely isn't paying for the Patreon. Well, yeah, I, I mean, she li- I mentioned here on Friday and like over the weekend and yeah. Monday she'd come back and gotcha. be stewing yeah. all all weekend long. I can't believe you said that at that point. Even yeah, Matthew doesn't like me. And Matthew likes everyone except for Mike's dad. What the hell? No, you like my dad. My dad doesn't like you. I don't like that him anymore. Canon. The way he treats me. I, I try so hard. I work so hard trying to make that man love me. Unless you unionize that I can't cut all your funny jokes out. I think I team up with all the other funny people. Oh. I do think that there's a lot of a lot of or uh, I, I don't know that comedians I don't know that comedians could unionize, but there's a lot of un a lot well, of they, industries. They did. did they? Well, sort of. I mean, that was the big thing in the '80s, I guess, at the comedy club and the improv in California. They all they they fought with the the leadership to get better treatment because they no one got paid. They did you know they just night of just them going on stage for five minutes each and and. Mitzi was getting rich and they weren't making a dime. Oh, that's cool. Well, I was going to say there are documentaries on that, on that whole time period. Oh, I was going to say like sex workers and things like that feel like a, a natural union point, like whether it's strippers or, or porn actors and actresses. Like, I feel like the fact that we haven't seen more unionization is, it's a sign of the capitalist times, and I and and I wonder if if some of that is because a lot of these things came into into societies they came out of society's shadows after a certain point in time where like because SAG's got to be decades. They said the last SAG strike was forty years ago, so yeah. so these unions have to be fifty years old at least. And so I wonder if they were able to capture it before, like, the Reagan era, or I wonder how that has affected things, you know? Yep. And, I mean, the last thing that I remember from the last big writer strike was that's why we have, you know, you said, like, Love Island or whatever. That's why we have so much reality TV. It was all born. Also, it's why we have the Mission Impossible movies, I think. Is it? Because one of the things they did was they took the old Mission Impossible scripts and they just started reshooting Mission Impossible, you know, 20 year old scripts. They just said new actors and they relaunched Mission Impossible TV show with the with the old scripts. They did because it was just writers they didn't have. So they were filming them. And I think that resurgence is what gave them the impetus to then 
do the Tom Cruise movie. Oh, that's cool. It's weird that you say that because Tom Cruise was called in today to handle, like they to to. I don't know. They were like it was it, it, it they it said something about him being the heroic voice that would save the industry, and I I don't mind Tom Cruise the way a lot of people do, um, but I also think that he's getting so much ridiculous credit. Like Top Gun last year, Top Gun was 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 a decent movie. I enjoyed it. It it did do it did bring people's asses back in seats for theaters, but like ultimately, to 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 treat it like Tom Cruise is single handedly going to save the cinema experience in America is kind of crazy to me. What I think is ironic about ass in seats thing is the whole trying to bring people back to the theaters, right? The the movies that people who don't want to go to the theater will say, okay, I'll go for this one, are going to be the Marvel movies, the Michael Bay movies, yeah. the, the, the the giant things you have to... I don't have to see Oppenheimer on a big screen. It's going to be amazing performances and emotional things. I can watch that on my 82-inch TV at home. I don't need a giant screen. They're saying that it's not just the screen, but there's those those seats that have the speakers in it. And you're going to be able to feel the explosion. You know, that's, I literally heard that. But that's the other reason I don't go to the movies anymore. I stopped before the pandemic because I was going deaf from during the trailers. Yeah. My seat is shaking. Like I don't need that level of volume. And my son is on you know, autism. He can't handle that level of volume. We, we, so like we stopped going to the movies anyway. But it's ironic that. The people like your Scorsese, right? Who's like, hey, the superhero movies suck. Those are already the movies. But those are the ones people are going to go see because they want to see it on a giant screen. Yeah. I, personally, like if if I had all the free time in the world and all the money and Sarah and Logan didn't care, I would go see a lot more. I mean, I see a movie every month at least. And during the summer, it's like every other week. Um, I would go see like everything. When I was, when I was single living in Denver for a few months. Every single Friday I had off and I'd go to the matinees and I would just go see as many movies as I could get in with the matinee price. Um, Cause I, I just love, I love the movie experience in a, in a theater. So I personally am, am hoping that things keep going, but I also, I like, I used to, I'd go see a romantic comedy. I'd go see, like, I don't have to go see a Marvel movie there. I don't have to go see, the next Star Wars, I can go. I'd go see. Uh, it, it's a really. It's the only example I can think of. But like a Woody Allen movie, I'd go see that if it wasn't Woody Allen. But like that type of movie. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so, when I was a young warthog, um, we belonged to a group in New York, an organization called AETC, the Audience Extras Theater Club, and the main thing was we would get Broadway tickets and off-Broadway tickets for a couple bucks, and it would be either in previews as they were still fine tuning the final show or when they were just trying to fill up the audience. So they had 20 extra seats and they wanted to be full. So you called up like that day and there are 20 seats for chorus line because they want chorus line to be full. So instead of paying 65 bucks, you pay 450 and get a ticket to chorus line. It's how I got into improv. I saw my first improv show that was a buck 50 in this little theater under a church. But uh, occasionally they had movies and I saw Smokey and the Bandit 2 in previews, like six months before it really came out. And they gave us like questionnaires of what we liked and didn't like about it. So it got edited based on it. And 
there was one line in the movie that I freaking loved. I went back to school the next day and I said, my mom and I saw the, the new Smoking the Bandit movie. It's going to be great. Here's the funniest line of the movie. And it was when um, Jerry Reed was trying to get Burt Reynolds to sober up and come out of retirement and do one last mission. And he's like, come on, where's the Trans Am? And he goes, sold it. He goes, you, you sold the Trans Am? Would Roy Rogers sell Trigger? And he goes, no, Dale maybe, but not Trigger. And I thought it was the funniest line. And in between the time that I saw the movie and told everybody that line, and when the movie was released, Dale died. Dale Rogers. So they cut that line. It just goes, would he sell Trigger? No. And that just cuts the next scene. I'm like, no, my favorite joke was in there. I don't know who Dale Rogers is. I know who Roy Rogers is. Dale Dale's was son or wife. Yeah, or son. Okay. They, they were they were fluid that way. They were Mormon. I, I know I know a woman named Dale, and I never think of Dale as a woman's name. So, yeah, yeah. See, that's because you weren't born when I saw that preview of that movie. So, pretty sure. Okay. Yeah, when did that come? I've out? seen the f- bits and pieces of the first one. And the first one was like seventy seven, seventy eight, something like that. Yeah, probably. Yeah. The, the second one was eighty. The first one was seventy seven. And uh, my yeah. son Joseph just recently watched the first one for sure, maybe the first two. And he was like, I feel like I should see that. I was like, you should. So you know, he's seen clips on YouTube, yeah. whatever. So he, the other day we were going out, like, you want to go with us? He's like, nope, watching Smokey and the Bandit tonight. When Logan was a, was a toddler, um, I, I got laid off, but I would have to stay home with him. And, and I'd do applications when he'd go down for naps. And I would put on, you know, you can do applications pretty mindlessly, especially if you're not not doing the cover letters and shit. So I would fill out applications and I would watch movies and I would just like I had. I want to say it was I forget what 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 uh, streaming service it was, but I, there was a ton of good shit. I watched the entire Beverly Hills Cop series. I wa- it was a lot of Eddie Murphy's 80s stuff. Mm-hmm. Uh, it was the. Um, What's the Nick Nolte, Eddie Murphy one? 48 hours. 48 hours. It was... Man, I've been uh, in prison for five years. My dick get hard when the wind blows. <laughs> I There was the uh, De Niro and... De, uh, Mad... Not Mad Dog. What's that one called? I would watch a lot of those, like... It may have been Mad Dog. Mad Dog. I forget. It was the guy for the, that was the dad in... Beethoven, whose name I'm, is escaping me, he, he was Charles Grodin and Mad Dog Robert and Glory. Dini. Mad Dog and Glory. I, there was like just a ton of these like '80s like action comedies, and I watched like I probably watched thirty action comedies over the course of a month and a half, and you know, and it it was awesome. Like I, that's a time I wish I could go back to, just like. Okay, Logan's asleep, and I will watch on like lowish volume. I'll watch uh, Mad Dog and Glory, and I'll watch Beverly Hills Cop, and and really, really good stuff. And and I'm excited, Logan. I'm excited for when Logan gets to those ages where I can start showing him some more like grown up movies. Like I want to show him Terminator really bad. And yeah, it was fun when Joseph was grown up because he liked like Jacob was science fiction. And Joseph likes science fiction, but it's not his passion. And yeah. 
Joseph Passionist old comedies. So watching the entire Mel Brooks catalog with him was so much fun. You know, and things like, nice. and as he got older and rewatched it and he'd get jokes that he didn't get when he was two years younger, you know, it's like progressively. Yeah. Log- Logan's thing right now is scary movies. It's been, he's, he wants to watch scary stuff Hell all Razor. the time. It, well, we're not there yet. So we're like, we watched Raiders the other day and, and you know, Raiders isn't that scary, but so that the last, last scene, scene is scary. <laughs> And then, uh, he and then Raiders watch 2 Temple has a lot of stuff. The Temple of Doom has lots yeah. of stuff. Yeah. we and he, Every time I brought it up, he's like, maybe we watch it while it's still light out. And I'm like, okay. Um, I tried to get him to watch Jaws. And he goes, I don't want to watch an anti-summer movie. It's summer still. And I was like, it's not an anti-summer movie. You, you will, you'll never go in the water again. Yeah, it's probably a smart move. Um, yeah, I, it, it's been, it, I'm, I'm really, I love watching Jaws. stuff with him. Jaws terrifies me. Not watching, it? not watching it, hearing it. If I walk in the house and I hear Jaws, it means my wife is in a really bad mood because she's in a really bad mood. She watches Jaws. And then I have to say, is it about me? Am I in trouble when I go upstairs? So it's like, if I don't know what the cause of it is, it's very scary. Yeah. All right, should we start wrapping it up? We've yeah, let's wrap up so, minutes. so we get a little break before our next record. Yep. Yeah, that sounds good. Um, so, listeners, uh, first of all, if we would like you, we would love it if you would, uh, you know, give us a, a good review or, uh, if, depending on the star or thumbs up system to, of your listening device, uh, do something like that for us. That'd be great. Like, subscribe, um, you, hit the bell on YouTube if you're there. YouTube, yeah. You know, do all the things. Whatever. If it's Spotify, just like you know, subscribe so that it automatically downloads and so you can listen to us every week. But if you wanted to support us a little extra, like we don't have there a is union. a way you could do it. We don't have a union. Just like we tip we don't. 20, 25%, you could tip us. Yeah. This whole episode was was set up as a plug to say Hey, give us $3 a month or $10 a month if you want to know my life's dream. Or $120 uh, <laughs> a month. No, there's no option. Well, you can. Just, we also set up a thing on, um, I set up a thing on that Buy Me a Coffee website. It just, you know, I got, you don't I just like coffee. stuff out there. You just admitted you don't like coffee. It's all a fix. It's all a scam. It's it's for you. It's for you because oh, you do I, like I would love coffee. a coffee. Um, but no, if you wanted to go uh, support us, you obviously listening is is great support. However, if you wanted to give us financial support, just so that we can keep improving, because I don't know if you noticed, but my microphone hopefully is sounding better. I recorded an episode that Matthew didn't record, so that's why we're doing this episode. But my episode, my side of that episode sounded excellent. I got a new microphone, but I haven't figured out how to make it work yet. Yeah, he sounds like Job of the Hut when it's on. Um, but we're 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 slowly making this podcast better for you. And if you wanted to do something to just help us to help us with those costs, you could go on patreon.com backslash talking about the big stuff and just uh you know give us money. You could sign up sign up to give us three dollars uh, a month and then you could just forget that you're doing that. For a perp- in perpetuity. It's, it's literally like buying a coffee a month at Starbucks and giving a decent tip to the overworked barista. 
We are your overworked baristas. No, that's the $10 plan. <laughs> the $3 plan is not going to get you a coffee and tip. Um, but, but the point being the same, you, we, we, you know, we're going to shill a little bit at the end of these episodes, but the benefits of it are if you, if you go on our Patreon, you can get these episodes early. You can hear all about all the stuff that we cut out before. Like, uh, when Matthew was talking about necrophilia, um, and necrophilia and nepotism together oh yeah come on it's not that bad keeping it in the family yeah it's not what i wanted to inherit um (laughs) so uh but you can you can get all of our um terrible they're 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 just really offensive dad jokes like that um so you know we'll do also we'll Edit out the pitch to join Patreon on the Patreon version so you don't have to listen to this part on Patreon. Great point. You don't have to listen to this ever fucking again if you don't want to. And you get it early. And you get all the uncensored stuff. And And who knows what else we might put in. Who knows? We'll shout out listeners. Uh, uh, we'll shout out patri- patrons. If, if, you, if you donate, we'll, we'll shout it out. Your first episode after. First episode we record after you, you sign up. So. Yeah. That's an option. Um, so shout out right now to Adam who signed up for for Patreon and Mike. We have this uh, user named Mike that that's done done it. So we'll shout those two guys out. Um, but we shout. Let's shout them out. They're the yeah. supporters that we want you to know about. So come on, go to Patreon slash talk about big stuff. Come on, sorry, I felt okay. I, I felt musical. Yeah. Nice. We, we promise Matthew will never sing again if you don't want it's, to. It's only in the Patreon ad. If you're in Patreon, <laughs> only in you the Patreon. He will sing every episode. No. Um, anyway, that's that's the pitch. Uh, you got anything you want to say? Um, that, that's all I've got to say. I just think that we need to all band together as a, one collective and talk about the big stuff. I agree. All right. And... Uh, Support your, support your local three hundred five or whatever. Five oh five oh first. Yeah, five oh first. Yep. All right. Thank you all. Bye bye. The preceding podcast has been a Chocolate Diamond Media LLC production. Copyright twenty twenty three. All rights reserved.